Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ventures. You know, in this show, we talk a lot about the different aspects of how to build a company from an idea all the way through to getting to market and, and, and raising money and building a team and all of the basically extremely difficult jobs that startup founders need to go through. And one of those topics is, is branding and, and specifically about customers and what customers think of you. In fact, recently I've talking with a friend and who, who told me that his definition of brand has evolved over the years to where now he thinks of it as a brand is actually what your customers think, feel, and do. How, how, how they think about you as a company, what they, what they say about it, what they do, what their actions are. And so a brand is not what you think your company brand is. Obviously you can do your best with visuals and with logos and with messaging and with how you treat your employees and how you treat your customers. You can do your best to craft your brand. But at the end of the day, your brand is what your customers think, feel, and do. So I wanted to pull this clip with Moshe Engelberg. Uh, he wrote a book called The Amare Wave. It was all about love in business. Fascinating. If you, from, from episode 51 of this podcast, if you want to listen to the full story, please, I'd recommend that you do that because we tend to use a lot of war analogies and war imagery in business, but he approaches love from a variety of different aspects in business, which I think is helpful. And most specifically, I wanted to pull this clip on his thoughts around, do your customers love you? Do you love your customers? And do you care? And you know, he brings up some examples and things that I think are really helpful. And this will probably help us all think about the, the brand of your company and really the brand of you as a person. In fact, I had, I had a recent really, really great opportunity to meet some new friends uh, and then you know a number of weeks into knowing each other, we actually had a chance to talk about our impressions of each other from a brand perspective. Strengths, weaknesses. It was very, very um, extremely self-educating uh, look, look in the mirror and to get raw, honest thought with friends. I would encourage you to do this for yourself, to think about your own brand, even with your closest friends. Um, so anyway, if you are listening to the show, you can also watch it by visiting wclittle.com and there I'll have more extensive show notes to what uh, we talk about in this clip today. Uh, and if you're watching, you can also listen anywhere that you get your podcast. You can just search for Ventures. So with that, please enjoy this clip from episode 51 with Moshe Engelberg. I define love in this book and throughout as simply energy that uplifts and connects. Yeah. So it's, are you, are you looking to uplift your customers? Are you creating connection? Which is, as human beings, it's what we all crave. We want connection. We want to see and be seen. And so I'll ask those questions and sometimes that'll get conversations. Do we love our customers? Let's talk about that. And then the second question is, do they love us back? And how do you know? Are you just saying yes, or is it true? If it's no, do you care? Do you care if your customers love you back? Sometimes people don't. It's as long as the money's coming in, it's good enough. And I've learned over the years that this is not for everybody right now. I think it could serve everybody, but part of the wave is there's a front edge to the wave, and there's a, there's a kind of wave called a deep water wave that's kind of a 
culmination of multiple waves and it goes a long time. So there's opportunity to join at different places, kind of like the, the diffusion of innovations, how people adopt new ideas. Some are at the front edge. Some are going to say, I'm going to wait a while till it's quote unquote safer and more proven or, and some will be way behind Sue and so in 50 or 100 years, they'll be coming on board when this is the new normal. And it doesn't seem like a change. It just seems like, well, it's what everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's tough in companies that have that, that have that mentality because it requires people to basically check their hearts and souls at the door and be a different person saying, don't be you, be somebody different during this time you're at work and relinquish your values and focus on the money and that's it. And some people can do that. Some people, it tears them apart. Mm. It just tears them apart. So either they fall apart or they find, they say, I'm going to do this because it pays the bills or whatever. They rationalize doing it and say, I'm going to find my happiness in other areas of life. So they get a boat or they go hiking or they do it, whatever. And it's good to do that stuff anyway, but it's their means of filling up because their work is depleting. And I challenge people in that setting say, does this deplete you or fill you up? When you go into work, does it deplete you or fill you up? And if people are depleted, then it's questioning, are you willing to live this way? Is it worth it? And then at least people are conscious about their decisions. And it's tough to change a culture around, but it can be done step by step. It can be done. Yeah. So I'd love, I'd love to dive in a little bit further into the question, do your customers love you? Do they love your business? How, what kind of ways of measuring that, um, encouraging that do you typically talk to with business executives and managers that you, that you work with? Okay. Well, first I'll give an example, a very concrete example of what I mean by customer to customers love you. And for me, a, a strong one is in, in the realm of groceries and Trader Joe's, which is a chain throughout much of the country, mid-sized grocery chain, that happens to make four to six times more per square foot than most grocery stores. Mm. And when I walk in there, I feel a little bit uplifted. Like, mm. it feels good to be. I'm shopping for groceries, and yet I'm feeling, yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I feel a sense of connection. It's kind of my people and a little bit weird, maybe, or people wearing their Hawaiian shirts and doing their fingers. a vibe and energy there that I happen to like and feel a connection with. And that if I need to know where the stuffed grape leaves are or the artichokes, someone will stop what they're doing and walk me over to where it is and make sure I'm happy. And when I check out, they'll say, hey, have you ever tried this recipe? For, uh, for when you grill salmon or whatever it is. So there's a there's a lot of connection points that are uplifting. So, so that's an experience of love. And when I talk to people at Trader Joe's, they, they feel it and they work hard to their structure to generate that experience and sustain it. Mm. So that's what the experience is. In contrast, if I go into most chain, larger chain grocery stores, it's not bad. It's more of a transactional experience. And I'll get what I get and, and I leave, but I'm not uplifted unless occasionally there's the great cashier or, or helper, but that's more the exception rather than it's not the culture. 
Mm. It's the individual. Trader Joe's, it's the culture. Mm. So that's an example of putting love to work, being on this Amari wave and generating customer love so they can answer the question definitively, yes, our customers love us. One metric is sales. One metric is customer retention, how often customers come back. Another vehicle is giving customers a megaphone, giving, making it easy for them to voice their love and share it. So like I'm doing that right now by talking about Trader Joe's and I've written about them and I'll tell, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll tell friends about them. Mm. So we become megaphones. So I advise founders and leaders to ask themselves the question, what do we do to uplift our customers? How do, how do we create an uplifting experience? And it starts from initial communications. How do we greet people when they come to us, whether online or brick and mortar or whatever the form, how do we uplift them? How do we make them feel welcome and say, we care about you. We are glad you are here. We recognize you chose us. So there's a lot of ways to do that. Again, from the personal greeting to what the words are, to the feeling in people's hearts when they're doing the work. So in order to love customers, employees need to feel loved. Because for most of us, we can't give what we don't have. So a, a paradoxical example is Amazon, where Amazon wants to be the most customer-centric company in the world, galaxy, universe, whatever, <laughs> whatever the, 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 they state their domain. But they want to be the most customer-centric company around. And customers, many customers love Amazon. Why? Because it's easy. They make it so easy and they know their customers and prices and so on. But there's a lot of press about how other than the superstars, a lot of the lower to mid-level people are treated as commodities. There was an article recently about how they look to let go of employees because the churn helps in the long run. I see that as a short-sighted view because employees can be um, trained and supported in a way that they'll be totally loyal. So my belief is to get the ultimate in customer love, we need to really love our employees and show them so they feel uplifted and connected and want to pass that along so it's this kind of it's this cycle that keeps growing and for the founder it starts actually with self-love so i will ask founders do you love you and that's not a common question i do a lot of executive coaching and that's not a common question but i think it's a really important one because if as a founder, if you don't love you, where's the foundation, where's the energy to love others wholly and for them to love others and, and create that virtuous cycle that spins up and up? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I love the definition of uplifting and connecting. Like that's, that is a very succinct and clear definition of love. And obviously there's been no lack of spilled Ink, you know, uh, <laughs> writing on the topic of love over over the history of humanity. Uh, why why did you specifically decide on that definition? What what was it about love and the way that you're thinking about it that that led to those uplifting and connecting? I love that question. Thank you. That's it gets at something really important. First off, I chose to be rigorous. I want to hold, my, hold myself to be accountable, to give a rigorous definition of love. Mm. 
it's easy to talk about love. There's a song, a ballad my parents used to sing when I was a kid called Love is a Many Splendored Thing. That there's many aspects to love, and it's true. But I figured, and this came out of my PhD training about was called concept explication. Be really clear about what you're talking about and define it so it can be operationalized, which in plain language means know what you're talking about and make it obvious so there's no confusion. So first off, I chose to be rigorous about a definition. I chose the two aspects, connection and uplifting, uh, based in large part on my personal experience and professional experience working with people that as human beings, I mentioned this earlier, we share a core need, a fundamental need to feel connection, to feel something more than ourselves. And it's just how we are wired as a species. We're, we are a social species. So the connection is again, fundamental. And the uplifting is the positive aspect of energy up. That, that, that's, and that's an easy metric, even on a subjective level to know. So when I'm in Trader Joe's, I can, I can tune in and say, yeah, my energy is going up. When I'm doing this other thing, feel my energy going down or if I'm around certain people, my energy might go down. I choose to have uplifting experiences. So I felt the emotional uplift, energy going, energy spinning upward is, is a fundamental aspect of a positive experience and I'm choosing to label love. So that's how I glued together the connecting and uplifting as the two core aspects of what I'm calling love. All right, a couple quick things before you go. Number one, I have a general newsletter where I write about technology and startups and health science and teaching people to code. And I write about a variety of different subjects that we talk about on this show. So if you go to wclittle.com, there you'll be able to subscribe and you'll also be able to subscribe to particular topics. If you're just interested in one or a few of them, you'll be notified right when I publish new content in those areas. Number two, my partners and I at Proto Ventures have a portfolio company called Startup Rocket. If you go to startuprocket.com, there you'll be able to receive coaching guides and customize an operations framework for you and your team and your advisors to be on the same page in terms of what is the appropriate next step for you and your entrepreneurial journey. And finally, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review anywhere that you have listened to this podcast or watched this podcast, it would be super helpful to help those who might be interested in consuming this content as well. Thank you.